0: Today, I'm going to carry on sharing a little bit more of my story. So I left off with my experience of receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the gift of speaking in tongues. That probably happened when I was around 16 or so. And then when I turned 17, I graduated high school and I joined the Marine Corps. I was in boot camp for my 18th birthday, had already been in there for a month. While I was in boot camp, I remember people used to come to me and ask me if I spoke other languages. I was being told by the other Marines that apparently I was speaking in foreign languages in my sleep. And at this point, the only languages that I knew were English and a little bit of Spanish, which I had failed out of in high school. But people kept coming up to me saying, hey, do you speak German or this other language? I kept hearing this. And it became evident to me that I was apparently speaking in tongues while I was asleep and not even conscious of this. Fast forward, I ended up in, you know, graduating boot camp, going through my MOS school, which military occupational specialty, getting trained in my administrative career. And then I ended up getting stationed at Marine Corps Air Station Miramar out in San Diego, California. An absolute beautiful city and a beautiful base. You know, I was raised in the Austin, Texas region, a little town called Flugerville, Texas. And there's not exactly a whole lot of beach in this central Texas. So going out to a place like San Diego, beautiful city, wonderful change of scenery. While I was out there, I actually had some really, really cool experiences, which I'm going to share with you today. I don't remember the particular order all of these experiences happened, but I'm just going to share them because these are all some of my cool God stories that I got to experience. So I'm going to start off with what I believe may have been one of the, I don't know, one of the really, really cool ones. But I had one day when I had um, messed something up really, really bad with my job. And I don't want to say what it is uh, just because it's still something that the military does. But I, was, I, I played a very, very important role with certain paperwork that I processed in the military. And I remember there was once a mistake that I had made that was – it would be seemingly insignificant where I had just forgotten to type a few things into some blanks. However, the amount of effort that that veteran, that Marine would have had to do later to correct my mistake – would have almost taken an act of Congress. It was ridiculous how much work they were gonna have to do to try to fix the mistake that I had made. And I had had a boss that just came down really, really, really hard on me, uh, or at least so I felt at the time. You know, I'm off here kind of in my first career. It's my first time really being yelled at and chewed out by somebody for screwing something up pretty bad. And there was just a part of me that, I mean, crumbled. Um, unbeknownst to my boss, their they're chewing me out succeeded. I actually went home that day planning to run away from the Marines and I was never coming back. Uh, <laughs> I was broken. And so I get into my barracks room that day. 100% in my mind, I'm already packing. I'm already in my mind, already thinking, okay, here's what I'm going to do. Here's what I'm going to wear. Here's what I'm putting in a backpack. Here's where I'm going to start running because I don't even think I had a car at this point. So I'm just trying to figure out how how to get off base and how to escape the Marines. And I walk into my barracks room. I realize, <laughs> looking back, if I had have successfully run away, I would have thrown away my life at that point. Uh, because going AWOL is not a good idea, and you can end up in jail for a long time uh, for that apparently, but I didn't know that as you know, an 18-year-old kid. All I knew is I had screwed up really bad, and it didn't look like they wanted me there anymore, because why would they have treated me like that if they still wanted me there? So anyways, I walk into my room. I am emotionally a wreck at this point. I took off, you know, what we call our blouse, which is just the outer layer of, you know, your military shirt garment. It's the long sleeve with the big button ups, got the camouflage uh, pattern and fabric to it. I take this garment off, I throw it on my bed and instantly I am no longer in my barracks room. I don't know how completely how to explain this, whether it was in the body, whether it was in the spirit, I don't know. I don't have understanding there. All I know is I was standing on top of the tallest mountain I have ever seen. I know that there is an entire city behind me. And I am at the edge of like this giant platform, uh, you know, uh, on this mountain part. I don't know how to explain it. It's like there's a huge city. I'm on this floating mountain platform thing and I'm looking down and... All of my emotional problems, all the things I was suffering from, all the things that were making me about to go AWOL and run away from the Marines, all of that had been left down on Earth. And my problems seemed more microscopic than an ant viewed from 100 miles away. Yet here I was in this place where it's like I was getting this huge God-level perspective on the entire world, and all of a sudden my problems just seemed so small All the emotional turmoil, all the pain, all the suffering, everything just melted away as I felt like I was in God's hand being lifted up above everything. And next thing I know, I was back down in my barracks room. I don't know how long that experience lasted. I I don't have any understanding there. I just knew that I was in my room and then I wasn't in my room. And then I was back in my room. And somehow my entire internal state had been shifted to where I was no longer suffering, I was no longer in turmoil, I was no longer sad and broken hearted about it. I realized looking back that God himself had intervened to keep me from making a huge mistake that would have changed the course of my life in a very negative direction. My barracks room in particular is a place that I had kind of cultivated as a place where I was used to experiencing the presence of God. Before this particular day, I had spent many, many days just jamming out to praise and worship and singing songs to God one-on-one with just me and Helm. I was never quite as much into that inside of, you know, the giant congregation worships, but I absolutely loved to do that one-on-one with God. And I mention this simply because, you know, the Lord reached down to really save me that particular day and give me this awesome experience and i don't completely understand it but i do suspect that the reason why i begin to experience you know a number of things where god would interact and move supernaturally is because i spent a lot of just one on one time in god's presence it wasn't me you know reading tv theoretically having a belief in god it was me not doing anything except literally sitting there having a conversation with god or singing to god Or, you know, reading my Bible with God and talking to Him about it one-on-one. I treated God as though He was real in my life. And the more I began to treat Him as though He was real, the more real He became. Let's fast forward to July 18th, 2003. So this is a story I feel I can share with y'all because it's almost two decades ago. So I am... At Miramar. I'm a young Marine. I don't have a car. I've got a thing every Friday night. I take myself to the McDonald's on base and I always go there and I order a 10 piece chicken nugget meal with usually at least two barbecue sauces and a thing of French fries. And that's, I've just, I was consistent while I was in the military. I don't necessarily love McDonald's today, not my cup of tea, but, um, Believe me, back then, it was worlds better than what they were feeding us at the chow hall half the time. So, anyways, I won't get into those stories right now. I had some bad experiences with the chow hall food. So, (laughs) I'm at McDonald's this particular Friday night, and I go to order my normal 10-piece chicken nugget meal. I pay. I go sit down, grab my little table, and I wait for them to call my number. I go up there. And I realized there's something extra on my plate. There's 20 piece nuggets. The guy's giving me two boxes, but I only uh, paid for and ordered one. And I'm a pretty honest kid, you know, so I tell the guy, I was like, hey, wait a second. I didn't order those extra 10 chicken nuggets. You know, I said, I only paid for 10 of them. I, I didn't pay for 20 of them. And the guy literally gives them to me and says, no, 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 this is for you. Trust me, this is for you. And I, you know, I don't understand it at the time, but I said, okay, well, all right. It felt like it was a gift from the guy, and I was supposed to take it, so I did. I go and I sit down, you know, at the booth by myself, and I just start eating and I start engaging in a conversation with the Lord, and I hear the Lord just very gently invite me into a fast. I hear him tell me that he's inviting me into a fast, and you know, so I ask the Lord. How long? And he tells me one day for each chicken nugget I've got on my plate. And I look down and realize, you know, although it seemed like a blessing, that guy just gave me an extra 10 chicken nuggets. That's just put potentially a 20-day fast into my future. And I asked the Lord, when, you know, when he wants me to start. And the answer is Saturday morning, the very next day, July 19th. I'm sitting here thinking to myself, man... I should have ordered the six-count chicken nugget, meal, you know, and so uh, reality, what I was sitting here thinking is just like, I'm like, okay, well, I'm pretty sold out for Jesus at this point, or, you know, at at least theoretically, I'm trying to be, and I felt like it was a gentle invitation. There was no condemnation. There was no performance, no pressure, no, I have to do this or else, you know, nothing like that. I felt like it was God himself just inviting me into this gently. And so I said, yes. I said, okay, Lord, well, I'm going to wake up tomorrow and I'm going to do this. I don't have a perfectionist mentality. If I make it all of two hours in the fast, so be it. If I make it all 20 days, so be it. So I begin the fast on Saturday, July the 19th. Now, this was not an easy fast necessarily because I'm still in the Marines The Marines do not know that I am fasting. I'm not telling anybody, and they're still making me go off and do all this hardcore training. I'm still having to run however many miles and do all the pull-ups and sit-ups, you know, just exercise. It's pretty hard to do when you're in the middle of a 20-day fast. Let me tell you, it's not always easy to pull off, but the Holy Spirit was with me and helped me through it. I had a few really cool experiences happen during this fast. First of all, I had told you earlier about that boss that had chewed me out in the military. Well, there was actually another boss who was running the office, who, as far as I was concerned, was even worse than this one. And, you know, I'm not going to name any names, but I I was having a lot of issues with this particular boss, mostly because, um, I don't know the Christian word for a-hole, but that's what they were. They were not a nice person at all. They treated the Marines very, very poorly. They wouldn't let the Marines go to lunch. They would keep them after work late and just force them to work like they were slave labor all day long. And that's how our boss treated us. Is like we were just free slave labor and they don't have to feed us, they don't have to take care of us, they don't have to treat us well. Just work, 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 work all day long. And it was, there was very, very low morale in that office. And so during that, uh, interestingly, during the time of the fast, I started praying just aggressively for this boss. I just kept asking the Lord, what do I pray for them? What do I pray for them? And I think it was within but a few days of me praying for this person and just really getting the heart and mind of God and saying, Lord, what is your heart for this person? All of a sudden, this boss started treating me very kindly. I started getting sent to lunch. I was the only one that was allowed to go to lunch. It was ironic too, because I'm in the middle of a fast, (laughs) you know, and so, but I was still being sent to lunch. They were allowing me to go to eat. And that remained the rest of the time I was in that office. The boss still treated the other Marines very poorly. And somehow you could clearly see that there was favor that began to fall upon me that was not on the other Marines in that office. I'm going to keep going into the fast story, but I want to sidetrack slightly. One of those Marines that was in that office, this was just kind of a cool story. So one day I'm sitting there and I'm talking to this Marine and I'm just, I don't know why, but I was just literally convinced that I had the power to bless people with just various blessings, you know, things that I might perceive as a blessing, even things that might seem small to some. And so while I... You know, sitting here, I've got one guy in there that plays golf a lot. You know, my dad was a big golfer. I played a little bit growing up. Nowadays, I love golf. Me and my dad golf usually once a week as kind of our father son time, and it's a blast. But back while I was in the military, we have this guy that's a golfer. And I remember one day, I just, I literally said to him, you know, hey, I bless your golf game. And I remember the guy came back to me. That was like on a, I don't know, Friday or something. And the guy came back to me on Monday and says, what did you do? I had the best golf game I've ever had. And I don't know who was more surprised, me or him, you know? (laughs) But I was like, you know, the Lord, I felt the Lord say that I was able to bless him with this. And apparently it worked. The guy had a very, very wonderful, successful golf experience and he was a regular golfer. So anyways... Back to the fast. I'm in the middle of the fast. We get to July 27th, 2003. That's my birthday. July, you know. So this is my 19th birthday. And I've kind of had a thing where on my birthday, I love to ask God for a God-level gift, something that I can only receive divinely that I can't get from mere man or store-bought. And this particular day, I decide I'm going to ask God for the gift of healing i realize i've been fasting for a bit and we'll get into a little bit more understanding of that later on of how fasting helps us overcome unbelief and really unplug from simple worldly thinking and human intellectualism and begin to really plug into the spirit and power that created the entire universe but i i am having this uh you know having this day with the lord where i'm talking to him and i'm saying okay july 27th that's my birthday and god i want the gift of healing and miracles, that was my prayer. And so I sat there in my barracks room at the time. This was the Sunday, and I'm just praying for the gift of healing and miracles. And I began to thank the Lord for hearing my prayer because I knew He had heard it, and I knew it was coming. And literally, as I'm sitting there praising the Lord and thanking Him for hearing my prayer, I started feeling this electrical sensation that came into my shoulders it went down my arms all the way into my hands and i didn't know how else to describe it it was just like this jolt of electricity flowing through me which i mean i've still got to this day and we're like 20 years later so anyways um yeah so that was my initial experience of praying for the gift of healing all of a sudden, I have this physical manifestation that's this electrical, tingly sensation running through my body. But it didn't come. There wasn't like an angel that showed up and handed me a book of, hey, here's how to use it and understand it. It was just a divine experience that I knew I had had where I'd begun to receive the gift of healing, but I didn't understand how to use it. And it wasn't like one of these, you know, Harry Potter wands where you just run around abracadabra and a little lightning bolt pops out and zaps everybody. That'd be really cool if that's how the gift of healing was working. But that's not what I was having happen with it. I just had this tingly feeling. And I'm like, all right, well, this is cool, Lord. I've got this electrical thing. I know that I just received the gift of healing and miracles, But now what? What do you do with it? How do you use it? Where do you get an instruction manual for something like that? So this experience did not fulfill my quest of wanting to learn to heal the sick. Instead, it just ignited me and lit me on fire. I was determined that I can't be the only one out there that had ever had this experience or felt this you know, sensation of this electrical feeling going through my body. And I was determined to find somebody that seemed to understand it. And that will conclude today's episode. We'll carry on tomorrow and just pick up where we left off.